You're listening to Process with Broads and D-Ray. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Process. And holy shit, do we have some things to talk about today. Brett Brown saying that Ben Simmons will be more of a point forward. Ben Simmons taking three-pointers in all of these videos. I don't think anybody really knows how to handle themselves right now. I would ask you how you're doing, but guess what? I don't even care how anyone's doing right now except for Ben Simmons. No, actually, how are you doing? I'm not lying when I say that, but come on. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. I, I got my glasses on this morning. I'm on my Blart Kent shit, so I'm just... I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. How you been? Well, hold on. Uh, we started the Zoom call. You had your music going. You had your pregame warm-up going as if, you know, you're ready to hop into a basketball game. I'm like, okay, it's going to be one of those days. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Like you said, man, I'm, I'm excited to talk some hoops. And the closer we get, the more real shit we got to talk about. Like you said, we got to jump into this Ben Simmons jump shot shit. We got to talk about Brett's comments. So, like, I'm, I'm excited that we actually got some, some shit to talk about. I know, you know it's I mean? crazy. I woke up this morning like, okay, yeah, we got an episode. And then I'm thinking, hold on, hold on. There's exactly. actually news today. I can't prepare. <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm in my pit basketball warm-up shirt. But here's the problem. I don't have my villain over shirt yet. I got you. Next time I see you, I got you. Okay. It's probably going to be you. long I, I, I as got shit. The bag you know what it. I mean? I got the bag with it in the car. Oh. Oh, because I'm thinking like, all right, I got a snack. You know, when you see your buddies, like, I'm taking that hoodie. I'm taking these sweats. I can't do that with you. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not that tall. So I'll be rocking the sweatpants. I'll be dragging it underneath my shoes. It's ridiculous. I got the shorts. I got the shorts. They're going to go a little past the knee, but fuck it. I'll have to roll them up, you know, so I can get them above the knee. The D-Wade look? Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. All right. So, holy hell, where do we begin? I, I think we start with the point forward move because that is so big to this team so he's going to be playing off the ball more shake Milton slides into the point guard position your initial thoughts when you first saw that what were your initial thoughts it's it's kind of for show I I feel like he's always kind of done the point forward thing of him being down low on the defensive end sometimes on the perimeter but for the most part getting the uh, the defense rebound and hitting out I didn't when I heard the comments, I understand it. Oh, my gosh, Shake Milton's pushing the point. Come on, man. It's Ben Simmons. He's going to take the ball from coast to coast. I just think they mean on possessions where they have to set up and get in the half court, get it to Shake. Wow, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. I will say when I first heard it, I thought, okay, this is going to be a spot where you're just going to get Ben Simmons in different spots on the floor, but he's still yeah. going to be kind of getting looks for his teammates just based on different areas I did originally think that Shake Milton would have the ball in his hands more, but then we had a conversation, Mike Gill and myself, on 97.3 ESPN with Mark Jackson, and he essentially said the same thing as you, like, look, this is still going to be Ben Simmons' offense. He's still going to have the rock in his hands. So I get why people got all like, whoa, what's going on here? But it's Ben Simmons, and it's his offense. Let's keep it real. So he's still going to be the floor general, he just is going to get on different spots of the floor and work from that space. Exactly, exactly. It kind of reminded me of um, like when Brian got to L.A. and they brought in Rondo. Rondo's going to be the point guard because we want to get LeBron more shooting opportunities. All right, yeah, that means when they get in the half court, he's going to get the ball for the most part. But let's be honest, it's certain players, the level they're at, they're not going to change their game, first of all. You gave them 
so much money, they kind of got to do what they do. Secondly, it's not really going to change anything. I think on paper, it just means Shake Milton's in the point guard position when we list out this team and have court sets. He'll probably be the one that initiated. But like you said, man, this is Ben Simmons' offense. I do think you're going to see some things, though, that are a little different. I think we've seen him already set a screen, roll to the basket. You might see that a bit more. Here's what mm-hmm. I question. If they are in the half-court set and Shake Milton has the ball up top, which I'm sure will happen at times, is he going to be in the post? Is he going to be playing the stretch four position and be hanging out in the corner? And if he's not hanging out in the corner, what does that mean for someone like Joel Embiid? Is he now losing space to go to work and then other squads can easily double him? I'm just curious when things do slow down, where is Ben Simmons? Like He's not a stretch four, so what's he going to be doing? Bros, I ain't going to lie to you. I really feel like if it ends up in a situation where they have to choose who's going to be on the outside, it's going to be Joel. I I see a four-out one-in with Ben Simmons being that guy who's the one-in. You know what I mean? And then he can score in the post. He can score kind of – I'm not going to say at will. I'm not going to act like he's like Hakeem or Shaq or anything like that, but he's a pretty decent post scorer. I could completely see them getting the ball to him in the post, everybody else getting out the way, and like I said, whoever collapses – he has to get the ball to them because he has the vision from either side. If, if somebody tries to double him from his blind side or the uh, baseline side, he's throwing it right over his shoulder like we saw in that last uh, that play in the last dance when they kept giving the ball to Carl Malone. He was backing down, backing down Dennis Rodman. Somebody comes from the baseline side, boom, get it to uh, you know the shooter opposite. I see him kind of playing that point guard role from inside the arc. Now, what type of defender – defends Ben Simmons at the four? Is it going to be a big man? Does it have to be someone who is a little bit smaller than that? Your traditional fours, which nowadays is a stretch four, is going to have trouble guarding him. He's such a mismatch there, which is exciting because, as you stated, when he's in the post, he's probably going to be able to be very quick or he's going to do that little baby hook that he has. But teams are going to have a problem defending him I just sense maybe there's a way. And Mike Gill said that it'll be tough to do it. I want to get your opinion. What the Boston Celtics did when he was playing the traditional point guard role was build a wall. So once he hit a certain spot on the floor, he didn't really know what to do because he wasn't shooting. I said it's possible to build a mini wall to the point where he's in an awkward spot of whether to do the baby hook or take a mid-range J. So they push him out from under the basket just a bit to build some sort of mini wall, and then he's in an awkward, uncomfortable spot. And I think that that's possible. Gil thinks it would be too hard because of, you know, his agility and his athleticism at that size, depending on who's defending him. No, I, I agree with that. I agree with you. Um, as far as building the mini wall, I, I kind of see how that makes sense. Make sure he gets the ball closer to the elbow, that 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 second key type of mark. You're not in a position to just back me down without getting doubled or without somebody coming to help. It's just not that much space to operate, but you also can't take a jump shot. I think the further he's pushed out towards perimeter, the harder it becomes for him. But at the same time, I, I kind of like the idea of building a mini wall. But he has a face-up game too. He can't because he can he's so good in transition. I can't see him getting the ball at like by the elbow and just being lost. Oh, he'll you know take I mean? you to the rim. Exactly. Exactly. And he's probably gonna get a foul because of how tall he is. He's kind of quick to be that size. So I can completely see him being comfortable getting it there, man. It's gonna be interesting. I feel like this is the best thing for them, though, because 
it's such a, you just said it, it's a mismatch. If you got a traditional four, you take somebody like me, you know, I'm six, eight, six, nine, but it's like, all right, he's pretty strong. So most guys at that four position, they're not exactly the strongest guys on the floor. So he's just going to back them down. You put a guy out there who's too big. I don't know, Bane, somebody like that. I'm just thinking of a, a Yeah, like I'm a, thinking a, if, you, if we're going Raptors, right? Serge Ibaka, would, would he have a tough time defending someone like him? Because sometimes I don't, I don't, they throw Mark Gasol and Serge Ibaka at the Sixers, and now you have one of them having to defend Ben Simmons. Yeah, I see Serge Ibaka having to take Joel and B. I don't see Mark Gasol being able to stay in front of Ben Simmons. Marcus Gasol ain't staying in front of Ben Simmons. I, I think the only guy who could defend Ben Simmons the right way is a guy by the name of Hunter Brody. Ooh, <laughs> let's go! I'm honestly sitting here thinking, who he's going to say? And when I said, all right, all right, That's I looked off. Yeah, you said it so calm, so cool. I like it. You're not wrong, by the way. Could you imagine if I was the Ben Simmons stopper? You'd have the Brooklyn Nets trying to sign me. The problem is, whoever they sign get COVID. <laughs> Yeah, they try to figure out they own shit. But I don't know. I, I like it. Like I said, you said it the best, bro. It's a it's a mismatch nightmare. You can't really. I can't think of too many players who are equipped to stop him inside the arc. Obviously, if he's outside. It's Rondo like defense. So I think this is a great move. Man. I do too. I think this team needed a spark. That's what they did. They needed yes. a spark, and this is that sort of spark where you can sense the energy is different. You can sense the vibe around the team right now is different, and they needed to do something. If they went back to what they've been doing, it's honestly, hey, you're really going back to something that didn't work for so long. Let's try something new. Now, Mm -hmm. some people would say when it comes to Brett Brown that this is him admitting he made a mistake that Ben Simmons is not a point guard. And, And here's the thing. For the people who said, I've been saying forever now that Ben Simmons is not a point guard, screw you, and here's why. Rookie of the year, two all-star games at point guard. You're telling me that Ben Simmons failed at point guard with what he averaged, with what he did, with how he guarded the position? I'm sorry. He might be good in other areas as well, but I I used the LeBron James comparison. LeBron James was a small forward for how many years? A power forward. I mean, he played all over the place. And right now, he's playing point guard, and he leads the league in assists. Does that mean all the other coaches were wrong for putting him at small forward over the last however many years because he's playing well at point guard? No, it means he's so versatile. So Ben Simmons can play point guard. I promise you he can, and it wasn't the wrong thing to put him there because he facilitates. But yeah, maybe he can do more as well, but don't say that he's not a point guard because guess what? He did a damn good job at playing that position. I mean, really. Yeah, yeah phenomenal. I mean, them people, it, I ain't saying they don't know basketball, but shut the hell up. How did you not? You know what I mean? The guy controls the offense. He gets everybody set. He takes the ball from coast to coast on rebounds. He's the point guard. It's just because he challenges what you think a traditional point guard is. It's a little bit like we haven't seen anything like this since Magic because LeBron, I think LeBron was considered more of a small forward because of the shooting ability. And let's be honest, the traditional point guard role was not how it is now. I think people nowadays, they see point guard and they think combo guard or scoring guard. You think of a CP3, a guy who can really get buckets, but at the same time facilitate the offense. The true point guard position is a guy who his job, his main job is facilitate. And he almost doesn't do a whole lot else. And Ben Simmons falls in line with more of that. Russell Westbrook is not a point guard. He's a two that just gets the ball and sets up the offense. You know what I mean? He's not, he's really more of a small forward in my eyes. Ben Simmons is the point guard, bro. 
you, I don't see how anybody can argue that. Right, and that's a reason why he's playing point forward. What does that tell you? That tells you he's running the floor. He's the one who's going to be creating the offense and setting people up. So, yeah, the point in front of the position is telling you exactly what he's supposed to be doing. He's supposed to be running this offense because that's what he does best. I wonder if his... If his assists are going to go up or down, because I thought that they would go down based off of naturally being closer to the basket, so then he would Mm -hmm. be scoring more buckets, maybe getting fouled, but Mark Jackson thinks that his assists are going to go up because of Shake Milton's addition that adds spacing on the floor with Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, Shake Milton, and Joel Embiid, so... He looks at it as, look, he might even have more opportunities. But naturally, I think he's got to be closer to the basket at times. You'd think he'd go hard to the rack more. I would think his numbers would go up in terms of points and his assists would go down. But he saw it another way. And I think he's going to get opportunities because teams might double him or teams might have to collapse down more low because of him and Joel. And then that kind of creates spots on the outside for him to maybe get those assists. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see how his production as a whole doesn't go up. I don't see how he doesn't average more points and more assists, to be honest. Because um, like he said, Shake Milton, he stretches the hell out of the floor. He has all those options. I think it's going to depend on what part of the game it's in, of which one he's kind of going more after. I see him scoring a little bit more uh, in one half and facilitating the other, depending on the offense. Obviously, it's the NBA, so not every possession is going to be a double. A lot of it comes down to just being able to stay in front of and stick your own man in the NBA. But I don't see how those times where somebody kind of falls asleep or somebody kind of takes a gamble or somebody goes to help over discourage him a little bit that he doesn't whip that ball at somebody. And at that point, it's really on the shake Milton's, the Furcon Korkmaz's shit, the Joel Embiid's if he's out there to make those shots. There's two things that concern me when I think about this. One is, what happens if Ben Simmons turns into that Ben Simmons that we see sometimes when he's off the ball and he's kind of irrelevant, he's standing in the dunker spot and teams kind of ignore him? What happens if that occurs? And then two, what if Shake Milton isn't good enough? I mean, we are relying on a player who has played good basketball for about two weeks. But if if, if he starts to fail, looks slow, looks a little bad... Do you go back to what you were doing and then change everything up from what you kind of went through from this point until the bubble starts? No. No. First of all, bro, that's a good ass. I, it's funny. It's like in all this excitement, nobody has asked the question, well, what if Shake Milton can't do this? You know what I mean? Like nobody's really asked that. I, that's a good ass question, bro. I, I really think a situation where it's like it's not going to go back. Now, maybe somebody else kind of, you know, fills in that role. A little bit of Shake Milton isn't doing good in stretches, and Ben Simmons kind of gets more towards the point again, but I don't see them going back. I feel like they can't. Like you said, that shit got stale, and it was a reason they switched. The shit wasn't working for so long. You know what I mean? I I feel like Shake Milton almost doesn't have the choice but to be good enough. <laughs> like this <laughs> You better exactly, be good, damn it. Exactly. Like This isn't this, – seriously, like this is one of those – like, listen, this is what you're paid for. <laughs> this is your job. We can't afford for you not to be at least sufficient. You ain't got to go out there and be Isaiah Thomas. You know what I mean? Anybody asking him to go out there and do a John Wall routine. You know what I mean? He ain't got to be deep book. You got to be sufficient in your role, at least for us to be anything. It does. And I think he'll live up yeah, to it. Yeah, no, it, it does seem like he's got the confidence based off the way his teammates are speaking about him. Everyone is giving him that juice that he needs. Like, yo, you can do this. We saw him do this. And when they speak in practice, or I'm sorry, when they speak to the media and all, the way they speak about him, 
that's kind of how I'm getting this vibe. Like, this kid's got it. And they've all been around yeah. NBA players and all types of talent. So when they see something like that, I'm sure they know, understand and they know this kid can totally play. So it looks like he's hitting his shots and all that. So that's kind of what um you know what I'm basing it off of. But he's going to have to step up and someone else is going to have to step up is Tobias. Go ahead. Go ahead. I would. You said Tobias. Fuck, you said it. nobody's talking about it, and it, I don't. It kind of bothers me how much slack he catches. And I, I, I've never asked your opinion on this. I've always looked at Tobias as oh shit. I've always looked at Tobias as the guy that you almost don't have to worry about. He's gonna do what he has to do for us. I feel like that's why he doesn't get brought up. Not because he sucks. It's just no. It's just we know we're gonna get out of him. You know what I mean? It's kind of. The, the question marks of Ben Simmons or where is Joel Head going to be or is Shake Milton going to live up to the expectations or is Matisse Thibault in a good spot? Tobias is almost like this vet type of character, like like Iguodala on the, the Warriors. We're not dependent on him to win everything, but I know he's going to show up. Do you really feel that confident Tobias Harris or do you feel like he's much more of a question mark and not getting paid enough attention to? I think, well, one, I think he gets... T- totally disrespected by a lot of fans based off the money and people are very underwhelmed with him I honestly do believe that even though he consistently kind of gives you that 20 points per game as your third option here's where I'm nervous for him though I think he's a way better power forward than he is small forward I think when he is playing the four he plays better basketball it comes naturally to him it comes smoother to him and then you think about it does depend on matchups but I feel defensively against small forwards, he has such a tougher time because the athlete is different. They're more versatile, and he's not the greatest defender. I'd say he's just an average defender, but he's not great. He's not disgustingly awful either, but he struggles at times because yeah. there's better athletes out there than him when it comes to that side of the basketball. The three, I just don't know if I love Tobias at the three, and he is going to be playing that when this all returns. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to be bad there. I just think he's way better at the four spot because of the way that he can kind of stretch the four out. All right, so let me ask you this, because this is my thing. When you say the four, do you mean the Amari Stoudemire, the Tim Duncan, the Kevin Garnett style four, or this new four, which is a stretch four, which to me is really just, because to me, it really comes down to who you can defend. The way basketball is so positionless on offense, like people are like, oh, positionless basketball. What that really means to me is, all right, so everybody can do everything on offense. We get that. Everybody can kind of handle or at least get into a dribble handoff. Everybody can somewhat shoot out to a certain point. And if you get the ball in the post, you can get a bucket here or there. To me, it really, your position comes down to what can you do on the other end of the floor when you have to defend somebody? So are you saying that old power forward or are you saying a stretch forward, which is really just a three that can't defend a three. Yeah, I'm saying stretch four. I'm saying stretch four. I think, you know, I honestly picture like Kevin Love with the Cavaliers where he camps out in that corner spot. Okay. But I think the game just comes naturally to him more when he is in that position. He could take guys off the dribble, but he's not really good at it, but he can do it. Um, I just think at that three spot, he has tougher matchups, but it it does depend on the matchup. I'm sure there's teams out there where he can get by smaller teams. He can get by playing that three, but, but here's the thing. If Ben Simmons is your power forward moving forward in terms of how you put the lineup card out there, you will have so much money in Ben Simmons, who is playing the four, Al Horford, who was signed here to play the four, and Tobias Harris, who is naturally a way better four. 
So think about how much money is in that spot. Now, we understand that there's versatility in Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, so they don't need to play that position. But it is wild to think how much money is tied up in the power forward position if Ben Simmons is a steady four moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good look. It's not. It's not. But like I said, I just... I kind of like that Kevin Love comparison. I like the idea of him camping out in that corner, being that shooter. Uh, you're right; he doesn't have he has an okay ISO game, but um, you know I'm not expecting him to break guys down. But I'm interested to see if that was the case because Ben Simmons was where he was. Is it going to get better because now Ben Simmons is kind of? I, I see an offense where like if you have Ben Simmons on one block and Shake Milton on the same side as him in the corner, Joe Embiid at the you know the top of the key area. And Tobias on that other side with the Furcon Corkmas kind of floating around. Tobias getting the ball over there. I wonder if that's better than Tobias getting the ball with a Ben Simmons at the top of the key where his man can kind of help it. I don't know. I'm just I'm very interested to see how his game changes. Because one thing he's done, and he doesn't get enough credit throughout his career, he's a good adjustment just man, a too. Sorry. Press Siri, my fault. Got my phone in my hand. I thought she wanted uh, to hop in and say, hold on a second, yeah. boys. Hold on. Are you talking Ben Simmons? <laughs> so everybody got an opinion on at this point. No, I, I just I'm I'm very interested to see how he adjusts. I feel like he's gonna adjust in a way that's I don't know, man. I feel like this decision wasn't out of nowhere. And I feel like maybe I'm just being hopelessly optimistic. I really think this is it. I think this is the thing that they're gonna be like, even if we don't win it all. This is the this is the scheme that works for this team. You're not the only one to feel that way. I think a lot of fans right now kind of had that optimism that this is what was needed. Another guard out there, another guy who can handle the rock and then moving Ben Simmons elsewhere. We will see. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of us that just assume, as we did, the positives when it comes to moving Ben there, but there's also going to be some negatives. I mentioned the wall. What happens if he's in this uncomfortable situation? And that kind of ties into these videos going around and surfacing is this real? Is this real? The no fans shooting the three. There was a video of him talking and someone asked, when are we going to start seeing those threes? And he responded with Orlando. And then he sees, and now we see all these videos of him knocking down shots. So are you believing the hype of these videos? Once again. I, I mean, he didn't say we see him in the games in Orlando. Very true. <laughs> Very true. That would, Touché. That would be, <laughs> that would be, that makes him such a dick if that's what he meant in the sense of, oh, I'm going to shoot him down. I didn't say I would shoot him in the game, shoot him in practice. You might see a clip of it, but I think he'll take a few. I think he'll take a few. I I, I think he will. I just don't I understand how they look to his standard. I mean, it's still an ugly looking jumper, let's not lie. But for his standard, he's standing there. He's knocking down the shots consistently, over and over and over again. Why is this not relating to anything? What do you mean? Why Why don't we see this in a game? Why do we I mean, not see this? He's not comfortable with it. He's not but comfortable it, with it. I would say he is based off of him drilling. If you can drill 15 threes in a row from one spot on the floor, don't you think you're comfortable enough at it to take it? Okay, yeah. But I'm not Ben Simmons. And like I said before, I, I've said it on here before as far as the confidence of a player. I, I, this is what I say about Ben Simmons. And I, 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 I've really attest this to his intelligence, his emotional intelligence. I feel like he knows that if I start missing too many shots, it's going to mess with my confidence. 
in everything else I do. It's going to affect the rest of my game. I'm so good at these things. Let me just like, they tell a lot of the young players this, double down on what you do best. Don't let them see what you don't do good because if you do that, it kind of messes with your game. I feel like he's at a point where it's like, listen, I'm so good at those things. I'm not going to go off the reservation and do something I'm not comfortable with yet. But I really feel like at this point in his career, after having so much time off, after having time to work, because the form looks a little different too, just a little bit. The elbow's a little bit better. He looks a little more comfortable with it. I feel like now he's like, all right, I feel comfortable enough to take it, to go out and try it in the game. He's been shooting forever. He's probably always practiced threes. Am I comfortable up doing the game where if I miss that, I'm okay and I can get back on defense and come back on, on offense in the next position and have short-term memory? Or am I going to take the shot, miss it, and it's, oh, shit, now I'm in my own head. It's, it's the sign of a true intelligent player to know I don't do that shit. So I'm not going to do that shit out here. I'm going to work on the off season, work on my own. But when we're out on the floor, I'm going to do what they expect and know I can do good. I get that mindset, but I do think eventually it's shut up, dude, and let's start going. You know, you're good <laughs> enough. You're good enough. Your confidence should not be ever down. You are good enough. You might miss some jump shots. Everyone does. Look at people's percentages. Guess what? It's not 100%, right? Guys miss shots all the time. Guys have bad games. There's games where yeah. great shooters go one of 10 from the field. It's like, all right, just not my night. That's going to happen to you, Ben, but you're going to have nights where you are going to be efficient from the jump shot range. So you're going to know that as well. He's got to get over this hump. You know me, I'm a big Ben Simmons supporter, so I'm not going to sit here and say that he needs to be traded and get him out of here and all this. But I, I do think it's time. Like, dude, it's time. We see the yeah. growth in these videos. Like, that's what I think pisses people off even more. We see it now. Now we actually see it. We know you are comfortable enough to actually start doing this so now let's start seeing it transition. I think a lot of us will sit here and claim we don't even care if they go in. Now what type of basketball fan sits there and says, you know what, I want my team to just shoot. I don't even care if it goes in the basketball net. Just take the damn shot. That's where we're at at this point. Yeah, fuck that. That's ridiculous. You don't think Jay Wright <laughs> likes that philosophy? Hell no. D-Ray, I don't care like, if you make it. Just go out there and can you can you just shoot some, shoot some balls for me? All right, so I'll give you an example. A Chris, Chris Jenkins. You've seen him make so many damn shots that it's just, if you have an off night, okay. But if off night turns into an off week, and that turns into an off month, that turns into an off season, and we look back on our season as how many shots did we let your ass take and miss with impunity without anybody stepping up and being like, are you serious? We got to change this up. That's a problem. Ben Simmons is not a guy who I'm that. I don't think there's really anybody on the Sixers, quite frankly, who you're so comfortable with. When J.J. Redick left, that was it. Of a guy who, oh, if he goes one for 10, fuck it, he'll be back. Yeah, like, no doubt. There's none of them out there who's like, all right, if you just, just shit yourself as far as shooting goes, we're going to be like, oh, it's okay. Buddy. You don't it's feel okay. that way about Furkan? <laughs> he might be the closest. He might be the closest. No, don't say he that. That's sad. That You know what that is? That's telling you how bad it really is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shit. That's and that's on Elton Brand and them to you know get a guy who can put the ball in the in the hoop at that clip. As far like, I would have loved to see a uh, Jamal Crawford in a Sixers uniform. I'm sorry, like <laughs> to me, I would have got the damn uh, championship tatted if they'd have picked up Jamal Crawford. I wonder what his over under like, is going to be in games because he's going to get the ball. You know, like Jamal Crawford is going to be getting the rock. He's going to cook. You think so? He's going to kill. Yes. Well, he's going to cook, but the team's going to lose by maybe 30 points because they have no one. 
Dude, they're playing with oh. me and you out there and Jamal Crawford. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, like I said, I ain't say the Nets are going to do shit. And quite frankly, I don't. I'm not a fan of the Nets doing shit because they cause us problems. I don't know what it is about Jared Dudley. He just has something figured out about. Oh, the he's Sixers. on the Lakers now. Yeah. Oh shit. Damn. All right. Well, right. Oh, we're perfect. We're good. We're good. We're good. I'm sorry. That goes to how much I keep up with the Nets. But yeah, like I'm not a fan of them at all. So if they don't do well. But he's gonna cook. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna score his points. That's what he does. He'll be eighty five and crossing people up. It's ridiculous. <laughs> There's two guys we didn't talk about yet that are impacted by this. What's mm-hmm. Josh Richardson gonna be now? Is he your standard two? Because at times he had the ball in his hands. I didn't really like him when he had the ball in his hands running the offense. But is he now gonna be a stand there and shoot kind of guy who can then play really good perimeter defense on the other side? I, I like him as that. I mean, we talked about it a couple episodes ago. His production and points every year he's been in the NBA is just going up and up and up. And I think his true position is it too. I don't like him at the point. We were talking about that before. Oh, do you have Josh Richardson push the point? And it's like, we would say that and you don't, nobody says that with confidence. Like, that's what I want. We would say it like. That's what we have yeah, to do because we exactly. have nobody else. Exactly. Like if it's a trade-off, yeah, I guess. You know what I mean? Like if, if you have to, but not like. Oh, yeah, hell yeah, I'm for him. I, I think he's a two. I think he's one of those guys who, as he goes on his career, he'll be able to, like, score at a higher clip. He's shooting a lot better, but also be that guy on the other end of the floor. Listen, you're not getting past him, or he's going to give you hell. There were times, though, where he had big moments. Fourth quarter, 17 points in the fourth, taking over. So he does have splashes of moments like that where I think he is going to get the ball. And I've seen him beat guys off the dribble before. Like, he can create a shot to an extent, not anything crazy. But I've seen him do it at times where he kind of beats someone off the dribble or he pulls up. But I I don't see it consistently enough to really believe that that's what he can do you know, consistently for this team. But I wonder how effective would he be if he's a catch-and-shoot kind of player? Is he as effective as we need him to be if he's just a, hey, stand-there kind of guy? No, nah, because I think naturally he's a slasher. Um, but that's where his game takes a hit because you're a slasher on a team with two very big guys who kind of take that ability away. If he was on a team with a bunch of guys who stretch the floor, he would be the perfect person. You know what I mean? Because like if you put him on the team, you put him on the floor with four shooters, he's the perfect guy because nobody can help and he's getting to the rim. He's naturally a slasher. But uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like this is what it is, bro. At the end of the day, with a championship team, everybody's game takes a hit, period. You know what I mean? I don't care who you are. Your game is taking a hit. But if everybody's game takes a hit and that equals a championship because y'all collective skill set is good, what are you really fighting for? And I got faith that Josh Richardson's a guy who's smart enough to know, yeah, I'm probably not going to average the, the the 18 that I could. But if I get a ring out of it, I'll take it. That, you know that's I mean? why my numbers are down at LA Fitness, because we got championship teams over there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I keep my stats in my notebooks. I got four points <laughs> per game in the month of March. <laughs> Nine <laughs> rebounds, seven steals. Four blocks. Yeah. Saying, yeah. Four blocks. Ten charges. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I had a tough February. That's why I went with March. <laughs> we play NBA rules. I got him to get a defensive three seconds. Uh, so we're good. We're good. We're good. Tipped ball. My analytics will say I got fast hands. I'm like Robert yeah. Covington. You know? See, it's funny I bring that up. I oh, think God, Robert Covington. It's crazy. I think he, believe it or not, coming from a true defender in myself, 
I think he stinks at defense. I don't understand how sick? this guy is first team all defense. Analytics sometimes blows my mind. Robert Covington okay. analytically is a good defender. I'm sorry. I could break him down. I honestly feel that way. He's got quick hands off the sides there, but one on one, dude, I can get yeah. by him. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. When you say analytics, because at first I was like, hold on, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but when you say analytics, because like you can have a guy out there who he's great at getting the passing lanes. He's great at getting stills. He's great at getting deflections. But the one-on-one numbers, the Kim Palm numbers, and for y'all out there who know basketball, you know what the fuck I'm talking about when I say Kim Palm. The Kim Palm numbers show that, oh, shit. Like, he gets taken every time one-on-one or his guys are that much more likely to try to take him off the dribble. I see what you're saying, but damn, bro, a terrible defender. Terrible. I Disgustingly damn. awful. Damn, I was just about to say, I miss him. To me, if we had Robert Covington, it's like none of this shit is. See, I didn't want him at the deadline, honestly. I didn't want him. Seriously? I didn't want him. Yeah. yeah, he's a hate the face for me. I'm not going to lie. See, I'm just disrespectful sometimes. <laughs> this is one of those moments. He's a hate the face. <laughs> like, I can't stand looking at him. I forget, I forget, I get that. I get Do that. you though? Because I feel like you don't understand for one second why I would hate Robert Covington. No, no, no. I get the guy. I get that feeling. I'm not going to say I get it about Robert Covington, but I get the feeling of being I like, just thought he was so overrated in this city. <sighs> People acted as if we had Michael Jordan and we let him leave. He was a part of that process, Sixers, and he kept getting better. And I feel like a lot of fans, now maybe I'm just projecting, a lot of fans felt like we let him go as he was getting better. You know what I well, mean? Well, there's like a reason he, why he's been around a bit and he's active at the deadline, right? I mean, there's a reason why that's happening. Yeah, I'm just saying, as far as that clip go, he... Yeah, look, he's he would be a good bench player for a team. All right, he'll be a good bench player for a team. But when he was here, he wasn't that bench player. He was significant minutes kind of guy, and that's where I so, think the disconnect is for me. All right, so let me ask you this. Would you want him in Furcon spot? Because that's what I'm talking about. Ooh, I'm so anti-Furcon. Here, I, I, I think Furcon gives you better offense. The problem is, you know, oh, he doesn't give yeah. you that defense. So Exactly, yeah, that's a trade-off. I, I would probably, oh man, that is a tough question because I don't like Furcon Korkmaz really either. I know, Ooh. but as far as that defense goes, if, Here's if I'm the taking... Thing, though, when Furcon is in one of those games... Where he's just literally hitting seven of nine from three on just crazy numbers like that. I can't ever see Robert Covington giving you one of those games that he gave you. Okay, so he, but you said it yourself. Hold on, I got to call you on this. You said it yourself. I didn't give my answer yet. Continue. (laughs) You got those guys who have those, he has one of those games. But the Tim before that was shaky. And they're like, I told you, bros. Yeah, I told I you, bros. Like, to me, it's like consistently speak. Okay, so he's not going to go seven for nine. Maybe his best night is five for I don't nine, even think Furcon's can... going seven of nine, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Just once in a blue moon. But <laughs> the defense that Robert Covington gives you to me is – Yeah, it would be it would be, it would be Rocco. But uh, I'm not thrilled with either. But it would be Rocco. Thanks. How the fuck did we just get into that conversation? Ben Simmons shoots a three. Yeah, ben Simmons is the point forward that we're breaking down if we should have Robert Covington or fucking Furkan Korkmaz. Holy shit. Let's get to <laughs> Al Horford because that's important. Uh, Al Horford's coming off the bench. Apparently, he's been way more vocal, way more physical, and he's treating this as a new year. It does seem like he has hit a refresh button in the mind and when it comes to attacking this bubble. 
I like what I have seen and heard so far from Al Horford. Now we got to see the delivery. Yeah, I mean that's all of them. That's all of them. Um, you know, but he needed I'm, I'm gonna, it. He needed. I'm gonna it. plug this. I'm gonna plug this right now. I'm I'm releasing my first article for 97.3. You shouted him out. So I'm gonna shout him out. Ooh. And put up a shut up. And Al Horford is definitely in it. That's all of them. But like I've said before, I can't go back on this. I love it. I do think he should be coming off the bench. I do think he should be more vocal. I think his value is in his ability to speak up, is in his ability to teach. I don't think it's so much on the floor anymore. I'm sorry. To me, Al Horford is that elder statesman that you need, that you want. I'm trying to think of the guy in the last dance who, um, when the, do you remember the one when Scottie Pippen had, um, has sat out the game yes. in the last dance? Who was in the locker room talking afterward? They said he had cried in the locker room because he was like, Scotty, you gave up on us. I thought it was Steve Kerr was telling the story. Was Steve Kerr? Steve t- Kerr was telling the story, okay. but it was one player they said who who spoke up. I got, I'm so, I hate that I forgot his name. But anyway, they had talked about how that guy spoke up. And you go back and look at it. He was in no way the star at that point. He wasn't really even playing, but his presence on that team, as far as a locker room guy, as far as a teacher, as far as kind of that pin or that staple to the stack of papers that the Bulls were, like that is his best role. And that's what I feel for Al Horford. I think they overpaid for that, but that's what I feel. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely overpaid if that's the role. I'll say that I do think he's going to come into play in certain areas. For example, and I kind of brought this up already, there was a time last year where Toronto kind of threw two big men at you and gave you a different look, and you weren't really expecting it. Then you had to make an adjustment, but the Sixers were never really able to get over that hump when they threw Mark Gasol and Serge Ibaka. And I feel there might be a playoff situation, maybe against the Celtics or the Miami Heat, where... You, you're used to seeing a Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid at the four and five, and then hold on a second, it's Al Horford and Joel Embiid, or it's Ben Simmons and Al Horford, and it's a different look that might be effective for a whole game that gets you a win in a seven-game series, and now you got to make the other team adjust. So I think maybe right from the jump, you get an Al Horford that's more of a role player, but don't be surprised if during a playoff series you get an adjustment or a new look against a different team or the same team that that needs something new, and it's an Al Horford twin tower type combination between him and Joel Embiid. I like that. I just don't like it for long stretches of time. I I, I mean, look, well, if it works. Play. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I see. He, he has to play. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things that. We throw it out there if it works, cool. If it doesn't, then we go back to what we were doing. Like, I'm not saying Al Horford is obsolete and he just can't move anymore. I'm just saying as far as, like, the dependence on him to be that guy, it's just, like, I just don't – I didn't see it when he was coming in. Like, even the Celtics, like, he wasn't who he was in, at the Celtics who he was on the, in Atlanta. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with that. He's getting older. But, like I said, they overpaid – for another coach, quite frankly, that pseudo coach player role that somebody you look at every team that has won, somebody has to take up that role. That guy who he understands the coaches on a certain level, but he's still a player and he can get it across to them and still make it happen on the floor. Like you need that guy. And I feel like Al Horford is that guy. I don't feel like Al Horford is the guy who should be out there for 30 minutes a night. No, maybe, maybe not 30. Uh, I don't know though. 25. See, I think that I think he's got a little bit more to go. I really do. I think he's got more in the tank, and I wonder if if he's out there with Shake Milton as the point guard, mm-hmm. if Ben Simmons is maybe on the bench or something, can we see pick and pop? 
because you actually have a player in Shake Milton who can run the pick and roll. And his best attribute, I would say, offensively, is that pick and pop game. Now, he does other things very well when his back is to the basket, and he can do other things well on offense, but I do think his strong suit is that pick and pop game. And if Shake Milton has the ball at times and you can run some pick and pops, will that add to his game? And now you kind of look at him differently if he can consistently kind of provide you that mid-range game or even sometimes the pick and pop will lead him to a three at the top of the key instead of shooting from the sides. Absolutely, but then it it always comes back into question, where does that leave Ben and Joel? I I, I feel like that's what it is. Well, Joel's going to need 10 minutes if – if Brett Brown wants 38 minutes of Joel, that means there's 10 minutes for Al Horford at the five position. Now you mm-hmm. got to find another 10 minutes. Well, is Ben Simmons going to play 38 or 48? Probably. So can he play out there for – now that's 20 minutes. That's 20 minutes of play just when Joel and Ben Simmons are off the floor. So 20 minutes is a good amount of time. And, 20 minutes is a good – Yeah, is, I mean, sure. and that's just when those minutes. two are off. I'm sure there might be a spot where – Shake Milton needs a rest. Ben Simmons plays the one for five minutes, and then you have those three out there. You know, I hate to admit it, but there might be a chance where that happens. Yeah. I mean, he's going to play. He's going to play. It's just, to me, like I said, him, maybe it's not the minutes I'm talking about. It's just the the expectation of his production. You know what I mean? Like, don't expect Al Horford. There's certain guys who go out on the floor, and just because they're out there, it's a different game. Because maybe it's the fear factor that they can make certain plays on offense. Maybe it's their presence. You know what I mean? On defense, they're guys who are very vocal and speak up and things like that. Like there are certain guys on there. Maybe they're good defenders. Like there's certain guys who their presence might not show up on the stat sheet. My issue is when people expect Al Horford to be one of the guys at the top of the stat sheet in any category besides rebounds. You know what I mean? I just don't see it I just don't I don't like if he has the time to play I don't see why people should depend on Al Horford to be a guy who produces nearly as much as a Ben Simmons or Al Horford I feel like he needs dependent on the like to be that guy he's vocal he's a pseudo coach because he understands the game so much more better than I think anybody on the Sixers roster at this point because it's a bunch of young dudes and even Tobias Harris is still yeah, I mean, he's still figuring himself out. So he's so much like more. It's not that he's that much more older. It's just like he's been around the block so much more. He's seen so much more basketball. He's been around so many different types of players. So that wisdom that he brings to me is way more valuable than Al Horford going out and getting 20. Because it's like, how did he get that damn 20? I'm, I think I'm a little bit more optimistic on Al Horford than you. I think okay. I think he's still got a little bit more in him with this refresh And I've always been pretty consistent on this, that I think he's just going to help this team out so much more in the playoffs. I know some Boston Celtics fans um, that I played hockey with because they're from the Mass area, and they said every year it was the same thing with Al Horford. It was the regular season. What the hell is he doing? He's not playing that strong. And then the postseason came around. It's, ah, Uncle Al, when the game slows down, he's able to give you what he needs, or he's able to at least play better than he did in that fast-paced regular season game. So if I know that that's how Celtics fans felt at times when he was there for, you know, uh, the regular season run, then I would think it's probably going to happen here too, where we sit there and go, oh, wow, okay, that's Uncle Al in the playoffs that we kind of needed. Yeah, we're going to see. We are going to see, damn it. (laughs) I'm always right. Don't forget that. (laughs) Ah. I will say that. When you brought up the stats for, um, for Al Horford, 
his shooting percentages were down, but in terms of points, rebounds, assists, he was kind of on track with the rest of his career. It's kind of funny how that plays out that we look at this as some awful, awful experiment, which it has been, I'm not going to lie, but in terms of points, rebounds, assists, it wasn't like an insane drop-off from his career averages. More of the shooting percentage was off and the three-point shooting was down, but ultimately, it wasn't as bad as it, it seemed when you just look at the numbers. And that's why I say sometimes stats can be flawed like Robert Covington's defense. Bro, you know <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you know who like Al Horford would have been perfect to, to play for? Who's that? The Spurs. Oh, oh yeah. Come on. Mr. His, Fundamental. No, no, no. No, 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 yeah, no. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't like for me, like, I didn't like the idea of Rudy Gay in his Spurs uniform. Like, certain guys to me just don't fit that mold. I remember mean, they was talking about Paul George going down. I was like, ah, just certain guys, you know what I mean? But as far as that steady player, um, like you said, of his career kind of like having the same type of stats, the same type of production, a guy who they're not gonna kill you with flash and glamour, but they're gonna get the job done. I would have loved to see him win a ring in a Spurs jersey because I feel like he would have fit perfect into that scheme you know who's someone that now that I'm thinking about it yeah it's definitely a good point I feel LaMarcus Aldridge would get more recognition and be more of a of like a go-to player if he wasn't playing for the Spurs if he because when he was in Portland you kind of looked at him as him Damian Lillard like he was that four he'd have the one knee up type of shot you know what I mean like he was that guy and then he goes into this system where it's Popovich's system and everyone just does their role and if he played in Oklahoma City Thunder, if he played in a different environment and he was more of that that face, then I think that he would be recognized more in the league, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've always loved LaMarcus Aldridge. I, I I don't know who he fits with, though. He's such a such a question mark for me. Interesting player. Such a exactly like he's just such a I like the Spurs thing because it he kind of to me it was around the time of his career where he kind of just like you know, he went like this, he went like this, and then it was like the Spurs was just kind of straight. Um, but I, I I don't I don't know, man. I think because he's so dominant that power forward position, like I can see him doing real good in Toronto. Oh, I don't want to like, see that at all. You can't oh, no, we no, 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 no. I'm not saying no, I, I know, see I know, it. I know, I'm with you. But that type of raw, like I like I would take I would take out uh, Marcus Gasol and put him in that spot. And to me, like, that is scary. Because now you got the defensive big man and you got the offensive big man. Like, that shit's scary. But, yeah, I, I'm high on him. All right, what the fuck are we talking about? Lamar? Yeah, I know. We're, we're all over the place. But that's what we do. We just love hoops so much. I mean, we could literally exactly. break down uh, TJ McConnell. I had somebody actually comment on one of my last Sixers videos and said, you know, the Sixers made a huge mistake getting rid of TJ McConnell because him running point and Ben playing the four would have won championships. Imagine that. Imagine actually letting your fingers type that on a keyboard. (laughs) And you hit send on that shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love it. It cracks me the hell up. And I love that people are passionate about the Sixers now. It's, It's funny. It's like, People are mad about the process because you lost on purpose and you're supposed to be competitive and all that and you're supposed to have the right mindset even though that they were stuck in an eighth seed and couldn't really ever do anything. Now they have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and those same people are freaking out on Tuesday nights in October and don't realize that that process just got them to the point where they're now over-passionate about this team and freaking out about random games in the regular season. So guess what? 
it fucking worked for all the people out there that didn't like the process because you care way exactly. too damn much now. Now exactly. it's like you care too much. Can we go back? Can, can we go back a little bit? Well, you didn't give a shit. God damn. <laughs> can we go back to the $40 tickets, please? $40 tickets, Four bruh. I think I used to go to, I think they were one penny at one point during the process. I brought 100 friends for a dollar. I don't even have 100 friends. I started to say, hey, hey, off the street. Hey, I got tickets. I got floor seats, floor seats and I gave the guy at the front a hot dog yeah <laughs> <laughs> like that shit was it, you're right though bro like they have just it's been a complete pendulum swing but I like the expectation of sure. the auction win sure absolutely yeah. no doubt well there you have it this episode of Process where we had basketball to talk about and before you know it we will see games we're actually going to have exhibition games on television so you bet your ass, we are breaking down games that don't even matter when this comes back. Look, it's July, what, 16th right now? Is that the date? A couple <laughs> weeks, dude. A couple weeks and we're going to see it. Not even. Well, a couple weeks until it really kicks off. But we're going to have those exhibition games coming up soon. Yes. Dude, I'm watching the <laughs> Phillies play the Phillies on Twitter. That's how much I'm fucking ready for this shit. And I, I'm tweeting, like, I hope the Phillies win tonight. You guys and the Phillies play themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and they're making up all these silly rules. Like, dude, at one point I was watching them play from all the beat reporters up top, and coaches uh, were playing in the infield. And I'm like, I can't wait to watch this tonight. The coaches Jesus. were playing. Jesus. Need my sports Dark back, times, damn it. Dark times, man. Dark times. It is. It is. Wear a fucking mask. Wear a mask. Great way to end this. Wear a fucking <laughs> mask. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you next time.